You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be taking a look at James chapter 5, starting with verse 13, and we're going to be answering the question today, what is the best time to pray? But before we get into that, I wanted to share just a couple quick things for you today. I have to say, today here in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, it is beautiful. It's been a beautiful day today. In fact, uh, one of my kids, my son Jay, who is uh, 15 right now, said to me, he said, hey, Dad, um, you know, I'm working at camp this summer, and uh, I'm not going to be around a whole ton. Uh, I wonder if we could go kayaking this uh, this weekend. And so uh, what we did is uh, we went kayaking today. Uh, Saturday, as I record this, I release these podcasts on Monday, but today it's Saturday. And um, it was a beautiful day today. And we actually went out on the lake, Lake Luxembourg here in Langhorn, and uh, we just had a wonderful time. It, it couldn't have been better. There are times when uh, I've gone kayaking where the wind is so strong that it's very difficult to paddle one way, but very easy to paddle another. So sometimes we'll find ourselves leaving the dock area and then going all the way out to the other end of the lake and then trying to get back. And the wind is much stronger than we are. So <laughs> it can be a little bit interesting trying to get back in that kind of a context. But today it was perfect. We saw some very interesting birds. The weather was nice, mid-70s. Nice sunshine, but not so much that we got sunburned or anything like that. The water was very calm, and uh, we went out there for a few hours and just had an enjoyable time and had lots of good conversation. So I'm I'm grateful for the day, and I'm gra- grateful that I had the opportunity to, to spend that time with my son. It was very enjoyable. It was very nice, and I was glad that he suggested it. I uh, want to mention a couple things related to our website before we get into today's message. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet to check out our new website, the web address is desirejesus.com. So hopefully that's an easy name to remember. It's the name of the devotional series as well that I've been producing, and the books have been coming out once a month. I'll let you know at the end of this year, there's going to be a very large volume of the devotions as well. But we're releasing them uh, once a month, one, one book a month. Month, one section a month, I guess I could say. And uh, there, are, um, if you haven't had the chance yet to go to the website, desirejesus.com, definitely check it out sometime during the course of this week. Uh, check it out from your phone or check it out from your computer, whatever you use to access the internet. But while you're there, you'll be able to download the latest devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 4, for free. And this is the last week that it'll be available for free on the website. So if uh, you haven't had a chance to download it yet, this is the time to do so. Grab a free copy while it's available. It's about to be replaced with Volume 5. So next week, we hope to have Volume 5 available for you. That will be free as well. But right now, last week, last opportunity to download Desire Jesus Volume 4. It's a 30-day devotional, and uh, I've been getting some very positive feedback related to it, and it's my joy to share it with you. So I hope you'll grab a copy of it. I hope you'll also check out when you're on the website some of the blog posts. What I've been doing is taking some of the content of uh, some of the teaching here from the podcast and condensing it into blog posts. And so if you want basically show notes or a transcript of some of these things that we've been talking about here via the podcast, 
head over to the website. You'll be able to check that out in the blog area. And each of the subjects that we've been talking about here recently on the podcast, there is a uh, blog post related to that episode that you'll find there. And we hope that you use it. We hope you enjoy it. Again, the website, desirejesus.com. Definitely check it out when you get a free minute. Now, as I mentioned at the start of our show today, we're talking about prayer, and we're asking the question, what is the best time to pray? Well, the scripture that we're looking at today is found in James chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verse 13 down to the end of the chapter, but James answers that question for us. So let's read that together. James chapter 5, starting with verse 13, it says this, Is anyone among you suffering? let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the opportunity for us to read it together today and study it together. And we pray, Lord, that as we look at this portion of Scripture, that you'd speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. Help us to understand what it means and help us to live it out as we seek to be men and women who live out our faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and who come before you in prayer, knowing that you welcome us into your presence. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the things that you teach to us from it. And we commit this time to your care and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we dig into all the details of the passage that we're looking at today, I want to give you a tiny bit of background on the book of James. So this book that we're reading here, it's titled James. It was written by James, who was a respected leader in the early church. James was actually the half-brother of Jesus, but he didn't come to faith in Jesus until after Christ's resurrection. But James was someone that the early church would look to for wisdom and counsel. He was also known for being a man of prayer. I've heard that he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that his knees became large with calluses. Apparently, some people affectionately called him Old Camel Knees, which doesn't sound like much of an affectionate title, but in this context, apparently it was. Now, it's likely that the book of James was the first book of the New Testament to be written down. And it's believed to have been written less than 10 years after Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. But when you read through this letter, if you ever have the opportunity to read it in its entirety, when you look through this letter, you see that James encourages believers to put their faith into action in very practical and very visible ways. 
And he also stresses the importance of prayer in the life of a follower of Christ. In fact, when you look at the beginning of this book, the book begins with an encouragement to pray, and it also ends with an encouragement to pray. So as followers of Jesus Christ, what then is the best time to pray? Well, James answers that in the passage that we're looking at today. In fact, in the opening verses that we read just a moment ago, he tells us to pray in all circumstances of life. Let me reread a few of these verses, starting with verse 13. He says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Let's pause there for just a moment. Different seasons of life present us with all kinds of circumstances and challenges. Uh, A few days ago, I took my wife out for lunch, and after enjoying a nice meal together— I noticed how beautiful the weather was. We've had a stretch of nice weather for the past few days, but I noticed in particular that the weather was just so beautiful as I was walking back to my car. And as I was doing that, it made me wish that I could just stay outside all day. But I knew that wasn't possible. But in a moment like that, it's very easy to appreciate my circumstances, right? When the weather's nice, when I've just had a nice experience with my wife, you know, it's easy to look at God and say, Lord, thank you because everything felt good. I had enjoyed the time with my wife, my belly was full, the weather was beautiful. But God invites us to come to him in prayer in the midst of all circumstances. Now, James speaks of circumstances or seasons of suffering as this section begins. Our Lord understands seasons of suffering. When we look at the experience that Jesus had on this earth— Suffering was something he became well acquainted with. In fact, it's revealed to us in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, when it says this, Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Maybe you're going through a season of suffering right now. Well, what does God's Word recommend to us when those seasons come? We're invited to pray. We're invited to unload our burdens on the Lord. We're invited to trust Him with our spiritual, physical, emotional, and relational needs. But then, not every season of life is consumed with suffering. In fact, there are times when we're blessed to go through long stretches when it feels like everything is just going great. But there's a danger that comes with long and cheerful stretches of life. The danger is that we can forget that the Lord is the giver of all good things. So James encourages us to pray when we're cheerful, to remember to express our thanks and appreciation for these seasons of cheer. And from there, the Scripture invites us to pray in another circumstance. We're encouraged to pray when we're afflicted with sickness or disease. We're even encouraged to invite the spiritual leadership of the local church to come and to pray over us. Now, this can require some humility on our part, because it will force us to basically admit that we have a need. But that's often a a necessary step in the process of us getting well, both physically and spiritually. We have to admit that we have a need first. 
Now, in this context here, James speaks of elders anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And in the context this was written, oil was used in multiple ways. So I want to give you a tiny bit of background on that, but at times it was used in a medicinal way. But there are also biblical contexts when oil was used to symbolically represent the Holy Spirit. And in the context it's being used here, it's likely that it was being used in a symbolic way to visibly illustrate that the person being prayed for was being committed to the Lord's care and that his divine intervention was being sought on their behalf. But the overall point that I think is being communicated here in this section of Scripture is that we're invited to come before the Lord in prayer in every circumstance of life, in our high moments, in our low moments, on behalf of those who are suffering or ill, on behalf of our own concerns. The Lord invites us to confidently and regularly enter into His presence and seek His intervention. Now, there's another context that James encourages us to pray in this scripture as well, and he encourages us to pray in conjunction with your confession of sin. Look at the second half of verse 15 down to verse 16. He says this, And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. How easy is it for you to admit when you're wrong? Generally speaking, I don't think that's an easy thing for most people to do. That's a discussion that comes up quite a bit when you're married, right? Who's wrong or who's going to admit that they're wrong? That's also something that you have to wrestle with when you attempt to lead a group. That's uh, something that's an issue of concern in, really in any kind of relationship. I can picture contexts where I have seen people communicate by their words and by their posture that they would rather die than admit that they were wrong. And it isn't pretty to see, and it works against the process of spiritual growth. Well, what are you holding on to that right now you struggle to admit to others? Is there something that you've allowed to creep into your life that isn't in line with God's will? Even though you've been set free from sin's grip on your life through faith in Jesus, is there something you're still allowing to dominate your life or your thinking in an unhealthy way? And why do some of these sinful things lurk in our lives for so long? Why do we struggle with them for years and sometimes even decades? Could it be because we refuse to expose them to the light? James indicated that one potential cause of sickness could be unconfessed and unrepented sin. Now, certainly not every case of sickness is the result of unconfessed sin in a person's life, but biblically speaking, we're told that there are some illnesses that are the direct result of sin. I think an obvious example in our promiscuous culture of today would be the explosive spread of STDs as a result of sexual activity outside of the marriage covenant. But there's other examples that fit with this that are spoken of in Scripture. And another example is given to us in 1 Corinthians 11, starting with verse 29, where we're told that some people in that culture were disciplined by God with illnesses and even death after failing to honor the meaning and practice of communion. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 11. We read, For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, 
you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. That's what was taking place in Corinth, and that's something that James was cautioning us to be aware of in this passage as well. So the Lord invites us to pray in conjunction with the confession of our sin. We can confess to each other, we can confess to Him, and this shouldn't be overly scary to us or resisted by us because the alternative is spending years and years feeling like we're being bound and defeated by the very things Jesus already defeated when he rose from the grave. Jesus defeated sin. There's no reason to let it defeat us any longer. The prayer of a person who has received the righteousness of Christ as a gift has great power. So pray for Christ's strength to live in the victory that he has already secured for you. Now, this chapter encourages us to pray in another context or in another way as well, and that's this. It encourages us to pray with expectation that the Lord will answer. Look at the second half of verse 16 down to verse 18. It says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. When we consider the power available to us in prayer, it's staggering to wrap our minds around. Consider the example that James reminds us of here. He speaks of Elijah. And maybe you're familiar with Elijah. Elijah was a man that the Lord equipped to serve as a prophet during the Old Testament era. At times, Elijah struggled with depression. He struggled with discouragement. He didn't think of himself as a big deal. And even James reminds us here that Elijah had a nature just like ours. Yet the Lord gave him the authority and the ability to pray in such a way that the rainfall was impacted. Look at what it says in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these three years, except by my word. That's the scripture that James was reminding his readers of in this passage. He was trying to illustrate just how powerful prayer truly is. What do you think? Could you pray the way that Elijah prayed in that passage? And if you did pray that way, would you actually expect the Lord to answer? Now, the truth is, and maybe you've already heard this, the Lord always answers the prayers of his children. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says not yet, but he always answers. The key to remember is found in the example that Jesus gave us in his prayers to the Father. When Jesus gave us the example of the Lord's Prayer, he said this. I'm just going to read his words from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And then later in the book of Matthew, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane just prior to his crucifixion, the scripture tells us this. This is from Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. It says, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, 
let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. How did Jesus pray, or what did he pray for? Jesus prayed that the will of the Father would be done. That should be our prayer as well. And as we pray for his will to be accomplished, we can be confident that the Lord will answer in his way, in his timing, in line with the intricate details of his perfect plan, he will answer. Do you believe this? That's something that James was trying to illustrate in this passage. That's something he was trying to communicate here as the Holy Spirit gave him these words to write down. But there's one other thing that we can learn from this passage of Scripture in James chapter 5, and it's not stated here as a direct prayer request, but it is stated as something that I think reminds us that we could pray about this and should pray about this, and that's this, to pray for help to stay on the right path. Look at verses 19 and 20 as the book of James concludes. It says this, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So again, James wraps this book up with an example that doesn't directly speak of prayer, but I do think it's appropriate to include it in this discussion on prayer because we need the Lord's help to actually facilitate this. Your life and my life is being pulled in all kinds of directions. Our beliefs are always being tested as well, and if we get too distracted, it's certainly possible to begin wandering from the truth of the gospel without initially realizing we've done so. We need help to stay on the path the Lord has set before us. We need people who speak truth into our lives. We need people who care about us enough to get to know us well. We need people who live in close enough proximity to us who can point out our wanderings because that will help keep us from adopting an aimless life that's absent of Christ's leading. There is no shortage of things to be praying about, and there is no wrong time to pray. The Lord delights to welcome his children into his presence through prayer. So what's the best time to pray? When should we be praying? Well, this scripture reminds us to pray in all circumstances of life, to pray in conjunction with your confession of sin, to pray with expectation that the Lord will answer, and to pray for help to stay on the right path as the Lord leads us and directs us and guides our steps. Let's ask him to do that right now. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege of being able to look at it together today. Lord, we recognize that you invite us time and time again throughout the course of your word to be people of prayer, to be people who come before you in prayer knowing that you respond to the prayers of your children. Lord, we even see the example that your son Jesus Christ has given to us of praying, of coming before you and submitting our will to your will. Lord, we know that that's a challenge, we know that that's difficult, but we also know that it's possible because you make it possible. As your Holy Spirit indwells all those who have faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, you make us able to come before you humbly, in prayer, seeking your intervention on our behalf, 
and you make things clear to our minds and our hearts that we would not naturally know. These are things that you make abundantly clear to us as you work in us and through us by your supernatural power, and we're grateful, Lord, for that. So, Lord, we pray that we would be confident that we can come before you and that you hear us when we pray and that you respond in accordance with your will and that your will is always perfect. Thank you, Lord, for accomplishing all that you accomplish on our behalf, and thank you, Lord, for your presence with us today. We commit this day to your care, and we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop by our website yet, desirejesus.com, it's been completely revamped from top to bottom, and this is the last week that you can download a free digital copy of my 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 4. It stops being free at the end of this week, and a new edition will be replacing it. So if you haven't had a chance to download it yet, we'd love to invite you to stop by DesireJesus.com. You can download it for free, and I hope that it's something that you enjoy. And likewise, I hope that it's something that strengthens your walk with Christ by helping your mind and helping your heart stay focused on Him. So that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.